This is Clutch Cruise. Hey guys, it's Zach. Back here with another episode of Clutch Cruise Sports. Today I'm joined by Eric and Connor. And our primary focus of this episode is going to be be about the AFC South. Uh, Despite what some people might be saying, this is going to be a very competitive division, very interesting division. Um, And in the proof of that, the four of us all have different projected standings for this division. So there's no consensus pick between all of us. We've got some similarities, but none of us have the same order of picks here. And uh, and so, Connor and Eric, you guys can introduce yourself to this episode, and then we'll get rolling. Yeah, yeah man. Uh, going to be cool. This isn't... This is your guys' wheelhouse, so I'm interested to see how this uh, debate goes between on the Jaguars here between you two. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they yeah. buckle in, guys, because this is going to yeah. be this is going to be a interesting debate between Zach and myself when we get. Oh to yeah. The, yeah. This will be like I I posted in a tweet earlier. This is going to be I think not just entertaining. I mean, it will be entertaining when we get to the Jaguars part. Because Eric and I usually don't disagree on things like this, and uh, but also on the other hand, it's going to be really informative because I've looked at the hour lads. Uh, Zach, Zach, you there? Also, you know, we just yeah, I'm here. Uh, Did you not hear what I was saying? Yeah, you cut out for a second. Yeah. So you 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 were saying that you were looking at our lads and then it just kind of cut out after that. So. Oh okay. Uh, well, just that the hour lads thing. I disagree with a, a couple of things on there, and you know it's Eric and, and myself's favorite team. So just like the Patriots, just like the Steelers, we have the most knowledge on this team, and it's two of us. So we come from both backgrounds. Uh, just more minds for this team and really the division too, because I follow the division a lot as well. And, uh, and yeah, so, uh, but before we get going with that, I do want to talk about, uh, the Clutch Crew Sports Draft. It's coming up in two days and one hour and 13 minutes if you look at the timer here on, on YouTube. So, down. <laughs> yeah, you can just keep, you know, you keep saying a second, but then it'll go down another second. But, uh, uh, that, so that's going to be really fun. Um, we'll be live streaming that on Twitter. Connor's going to be working on getting the kinks Actually out for that. Actually live streaming on YouTube. Oh, sorry. I said Twitter. I meant to say YouTube. <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't know why Twitter. I was thinking that. But, uh, but yeah, it's going to be streamed on uh, streamed on YouTube. And there's going to be at least four people in the in the chat. Uh, hopefully more, more members will be there. But we can guarantee four of us in the Skype call. And we'll just show the draft and, and stuff. It's going to be fun uh, to watch. And with that being said, guys, let's get started with the Texans. Oh, wait, no, before we get to the Texans, I don't know why I skipped over this, but uh, the standings are kind of important. Um, so my standings for the division are I've got the Jaguars finishing first, the Titans finishing second, Colts finishing third, Texans finishing fourth, Eric has got the Texans finishing first, Jags finishing second, Titans finishing third, and Colts finishing fourth. 
And then Connor has got the Texans finishing first, Colts finishing second, Jaguars finishing third, Titans finishing fourth. And then Nate has got the Jags finishing first, Colts finishing second, Texans finishing third, and Titans finishing fourth. So if that was confusing for you guys, when we get to the teams, we're going to be saying, I think that, you know, the Texans are going to be first, second, third, et cetera. So, well, yeah. and so, and for all you people watching on YouTube, if you didn't notice those Jaguars logos looked a little bit bigger, you know, not, <laughs> I don't sens- know not, not about, sensing man. any favoritism <laughs> or anything here. Hey, hey it's a, it's a perk of being the creator of this uh, of this podcast. You can do whatever you want, and that's what uh, <laughs> you, you can make this thing a dictatorship if you want. <laughs> certainly, certainly. Um, but that's just how it turned out. It's just how I I like the layout. You know, wanted to change it up a little bit here. We kept a, a balance ratio on the others this time. You know, I was like, you know, let's put let's put the Jaguars logo, make it a little bit bigger. Uh, certainly looks better on. Uh, my list and Nathan's list. So, although but, none of none of us are predicting this, but if at the end of the year the Jaguars end up finishing last, are you also going to make the logo bigger? <laughs> I probably won't do a PowerPoint, but uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, uh, I'm not going to think about that because you know I don't. I, this is a positive time of year. This is where yeah. all 32 teams have the belief that they can win the division and that's the first step for any that's the first step for any success is to win the division not too many wild card teams you know will make a deep run in fact the last couple of years generally they lose in the first round uh indy was a wild card team that won last year so they they can get to the divisional yeah. round getting past that's even tougher but well, uh, well, hey man my dad's been saying it's the bills time for the past 50 years so you know what <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah yes if he can stay positive then i'm sure anybody else can so yeah yeah <laughs> i will yeah, say so. we, may, we may disagree on the standings but i do agree about the size of the jaguar logo on the powerpoint so. <laughs> we do agree on that. That, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right so uh so let's get started here with the texans uh I've got them finishing fourth in the division, and I haven't been picking the chalk in these division standings. If you've paid attention to the to the orders that I've done, and this is one of those divisions where I think is most likely to be first to worst. Jaguars finished worst last year. I think it's most likely out of all the teams that finished worst, they will jump to first. It happens to a couple, to a team or, or two every year. I think that's going to be the case for them. And then also, there's teams that go from first to worst. And that's what I see the Texans doing because last year, I think they benefited a lot from this division being weak and kind of beating up on itself. Uh, the Colts took care of business, of business against Tennessee. Tennessee took care of business against Jacksonville. Jacksonville was able to beat the Colts uh, in their hot streak to slow them down a little bit after they had won a bunch of games in a row. Somehow they they put up a good game. They always give the Colts a good fight. Uh, and then the Texans swept the Jags. But I feel like with the Texans, my reasoning for them being fourth is primarily their offensive line. Uh, this is one of the worst in football. 
and I don't think it got a whole lot better in the offseason. I know that they uh, spent a first-round pick on a tackle, but even still, it was a pick on a guy that that analysts were kind of shocked about him going in the first round so high. And I feel like at the time, the Texans kind of panicked in the draft because the Eagles were like a pick before them, I want to say, and they picked uh, the tackle from Washington State. And I think that really messed with messed them up because I think that was who they wanted to take. And then after that happened, they kind of like scrambled and ended up picking this guy. I think it was a classic draft night disaster, really, because I think that they wanted that guy that was picked one before them. And then if you look on a lot of draft boards, uh, they were missing some picks, too, from trades. So they didn't have a full list of picks. Uh, and a lot of the draft draft analysts gave them the worst draft or the second worst. Or they were in the bottom five by most people's standards. And that's not necessarily a good thing when you've got the Colts, who had quite a bit of draft picks, the Jags, who had a high high first-round pick from finishing, worse, uh, from finishing worse last year, and Tennessee also, you know, I think had a good draft by getting some people that – uh, kind of slipped in the draft and fell. But the offensive line is my main concern because Deshaun Watson, the way he plays as a mobile quarterback, you know, it's he got sacked so many times last year. He missed most of his rookie year because of an injury, because the offensive line is so bad. I just feel like it's going to be hard for him to stay healthy, and even if he is healthy, I think they're finishing worse because they just don't have many weapons on their team. I know they've got DeAndre Hopkins, who's arguably the best receiver in football, but to me, teams can... That's all teams have to focus on is him, in my opinion. The other wide receivers are all right, but they don't really scare you. They don't... You know, they're going to force you to throw to those receivers... And they're going to try and limit Hopkins. Obviously, you can't stop him completely, but you can work around it, I think. And then the running back situation, I think, you know, is an unfortunate situation with Lamar Miller getting injured. But he has familiarity with the team. He's been there a couple years, and he was their main guy. And then now their starter is a guy who just came over a couple weeks ago from Cleveland who felt like they could trade him out for and only get like a, a late round draft draft pick for compensation. So they obviously didn't really value him that highly. And I don't think it's an upgrade uh, from Lamar Miller. I think they got worse at that position and I think it only makes their offense worse. It doesn't improve them at all. And then their tight ends aren't that great. I don't think this isn't a great tight end division, but I just don't see them having a, a true pass-catching threat at tight end this year. And then defensively, you see here this uh, black name here looks a little different because it's Jadavian Clowney. And <laughs> this, is a, this is an instance of another kind of situation with the Texans, why I think they're going to finish last, because, you know, Clowney... I don't think he's lived up to being a number one overall pick, but 
I think his play is a lot better than what the stats say. I think he has a lot of impact on the game that doesn't necessarily get translate into sacks and uh, in, in statistical things that you'll measure. But I still think he he's a big part of their defense, and he's not off the team yet, but it's funny how he was franchise tagged, and he said he wasn't going to play with the franchise tag, and he kept negotiating for a long-term deal, and the Texans aren't weren't a, weren't willing to commit to a long-term deal with him, and now and then they started publicly shopping him to teams like Seattle, Miami, and Philly, and it's funny because he said that he was actually planning to return to the Texans, but after they had made it clear that they wanted to trade him, you know, he said now it's now he's done. So he's not playing on the Texans, uh, but he was in his mind going to come back to them. That's what he said anyways. Uh, so it's kind of like a situation where the Texans kind of messed up on that and the rest of their defense, it's got some holes. I mean, the secondary is not that great in my opinion. Uh, Jonathan Joseph's an aging corner. Tashawn Gibson, I think he lost a step last year. I don't think he he played as athletically as he has before. Still really good against tight ends, but this isn't necessarily a tight end division. And then Bradley Roby, he's good, but I just feel like it's not great. And then, I mean, it's it's a good defense, but when you look at the other defenses in this division, I'd probably put this as third or fourth. Um and I've already made my thoughts about the offense, but those are all the reasons why I think that the Texans are going to finish last. And just a couple of years ago, they finished last in the division too. So, you know, this division has a high turnover rate in the past couple of years. Uh, you know, two years ago, the Jags won, then they went to last. And then the Texans were last a couple of years ago, then they went to first. You know, the, it's a high, high volatile division. So I, I don't think the Texans are going to win the division again. You saw them struggle a lot in that playoff game. I just think they were an ill-equipped team in the playoffs. And if they do make it to the playoffs, I don't see them having much success. And I think this is really a, the last chance for Bill O'Brien to, uh, you know, now with Andrew Luck out of the division, there's really no excuses for him. He needs to win this season, and he needs to make an AFC championship. But... uh I'll let you guys take the floor now. Yeah, so just like with my disagreement of Zach on the, where the Jaguars are going to finish, we have complete opposite rankings of where we had the Texans. Um, I, I actually have the Texans winning the division again this year, although the main reason for that is because of the Andrew Luck retirement. Um, I actually had the Colts finishing first until Andrew Luck announces retirement. So I had the Texans at second, but I still think the Texans have a great chance to win the division this year. I have to disagree a little bit on the comment about the wide receivers because Will Fuller has shown that he can be a big time playmaker as well. So, although the problem with both him and Kiki Kuti is that they've both been injured a lot. So I, I will 
give Zach like a credit in the sense that, you know, if these guys like go down with injury again, then the Texans could be in well, they most likely would be in serious trouble. But if Fuller and QT can both stay healthy and be on the field at the same time with DeAndre Hopkins, that is a really solid trio of wide receivers. And I know they don't have any tight ends, really. I will agree with Zach on that. The the tight end crew is nothing to write home about. I mean, I I feel like the Jaguars don't have good tight ends either, but I do, even though the Jaguars tight end situation is not good, I like their situation better than this. And similar with their offensive line, the offensive line has struggled. So those, those are definitely going to be the biggest weaknesses for the team. But with Deshaun Watson, he can be a little reckless, but he remind his, some his situation kind of reminds me to similar of like Russell Wilson, where you know, he's a mobile quarterback with a bad offensive line, but Russell Wilson every year, everybody says, Oh, the Seahawks offensive line is so bad. Russell Wilson's going to be terrible. He's, he's in such a bad situation, but it seems like every year, no matter how bad his offensive line is, Russell Wilson just seems to manage to have a good year. And I feel like Deshaun Watson will still be able to make it work. I mean, obviously it would be better if he had a better offensive line around him than he has, but I still think he's going to be able to make it work. And Duke Johnson, I feel like he was very underused in Cleveland. I didn't really like how they used him, especially when um, Hugh Jackson was their coach. It He's such a good reliable weapon out of the backfield as a pass catching back and it seemed like Cleveland never threw it to the running backs like ever I I personally did not understand that so if he can build a I know he hasn't been there very long but if he can build up a rapport with Watson I I don't know how great of a like in between the tackles running back type of deal he's going to be but I think he'll have a solid role as a pass catcher there and I personally, too, am like okay with the Texans' defense, even without Jadavian Clowney. Obviously, it would be a lot better if he was there, but I feel like their defensive line and linebacking core is all right. And, I mean, J.J. Watts, you know, he seems to regress a little bit each year, but he still is a capable player. I mean, he's obviously someone you're going to have to game plan against and give a lot of attention to. Um to Sean Gibson and the and the safety role, he definitely didn't play as good with the Jags last year. But I don't know how much of that was. I feel like some of that might have been some frustration, like later on in the season, because it just seemed like a lot of the defense defensive players just kind of gave up last year when it was obvious it wasn't going to work with Bortles and the Jaguars went on that big losing streak. It just seemed like everybody was playing bad at that time. So I think he's still capable as a safety. Aaron Colvin was solid when he was with the Jags, although he's had some injury concerns as well. My biggest concern on the defense would be Jonathan Joseph for sure. I mean, he's, he's up there in age. I'm not sure exactly how old he is, but I know he's getting up there. It seems like every year he still has like a few decent games, but then he has other games where he's getting burned a lot. So I would, be concerned with that as if I was a Texans fan going into the season. But I just think with some of the other stuff that's happening within the division, 
mainly, I mean, just with Andrew Luck retiring alone, that already made me feel like the Texans were going to move ahead of the Colts. In fact, actually, I moved everybody ahead of the Colts mm-hmm. because of that. And <laughs> with like with the Titans, with like Taylor Luan being suspended for a few the first few games out the gate, and the Jaguars they haven't had any like major injuries yet, but the Jaguars have Tell lost. Them. Yeah. Well, yeah. Telvin Smith was, is a huge loss, and then I mean he, that's not an injury deal. I, mm-hmm. Who know? Who knows what's going on with him? But it's kind of like luck, know, actually. But some but, yeah. of their some of their rookies that they were like ex- hoping to come in and contribute right away have gotten injured, and uh, and they're not sure like what all of their availabilities for Week One are going to be yet, and just like with all this stuff, just I mean, of course with. Clowney possibly being gone and then Lamar Miller being out for the year, the Texans have been having a similar problem. So it just really throws things up like in the air. I mean, this is a really interesting division because it's just like you, if you saw our standings, if you were looking at the screen, you saw our standings, like we have completely different projections for all of these teams. Any, this is really the only division in football right now where I could see like any team finishing first, but I could also see, any of the teams finishing last, you know what I mean? Like, so this is definitely going to be a fun division to keep track of. Like, even if you're not a fan of any of these teams, like it's definitely one to have your eye on for sure. But um, I don't, Connor, I don't know if you have any thoughts you would like to add on the Texans, but that's, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say. Yeah. I mean, I agree with a lot of what Eric's saying. Cause I like Eric, I have the, I was pretty much in the same scenario as Eric, where I had the Colts finishing first before, you know, the whole Andrew Luck deal. So that elevated the Texans to first for me. I only dropped the Colts down to second. I didn't drop them all the way to last like Eric did, but it still elevated the Texans to first for me. And it's mainly, this is going to be a theme for me kind of in the AFC South as to why, cause like Eric said, any team could win this division, but it's more so like a trust. I have more of a trust in the Texans that they've proved it more in the past that they can, you know, that they have the weapons that they, you know, even through Deshaun Watson playing bad. I mean, it's going to be harder this year, but even through Deshaun Watson playing bad, they can still win and still, you know, perform at a high level. I think Deshaun Watson's going to have a bounce back year. I don't, I remember last year I picked him uh, like in the third round of fantasy. He was supposed to be my quarterback. And uh, I didn't end up starting him very many weeks. I ended up starting Jared Goff and Ben Roethlisberger instead. So uh, he was a bit of a disappointment last year. I think he's going to have a bounce back here. I don't think the loss of Lamar Miller is as big as some people think that it is. Because, you know, I think it was like his first couple of years in Houston. And obviously some of his latter years in Miami, he was like really good. And he was putting up big numbers and everybody thought he was, you know, one of the best running backs in the league, but he really started to regress last year. And the, even the year before that, where it's like, he's just kind of there. Like, yeah, he's the number one guy, but he's just kind of like an average running back. So I don't think it's a huge loss. I don't think Duke Johnson can be an every down back. I mean, he is going to, he is going to have to get support from Buddy Howell and Josh Ferguson if he's going to be successful. But I do agree with Eric that I think Cleveland severely underused him, you know, back when he was sitting behind Isaiah Crowell and they kept just kind of going back to Crowell and didn't really give Duke Johnson a chance to do anything. Um, And then, yeah, the wide receiver trio. I also agree with Eric on that. If Will Fuller and Kiki Kuti can stay healthy with Deandre Hopkins, especially Will Fuller has proved in the past, like he's definitely had off games 
but he's also had games where he's looked like a superstar. So if they, if all three of those guys are healthy, that is a deadly wide receiver trio. Yes, Deshaun Watson's probably going to be running for his life most of the time, but at least he's got the mobility to get around that. It is going to be tough, but if the offensive line can just give him, you know, a couple seconds, some beyond one of these three wide receivers is going to be open for him to throw it to. And then the defense again, I, yeah, Clowney being gone is a, is a hurt, you know, for the longest time, we didn't know if he was going to stay or leave. And now it looks like for sure he's going to leave. So yeah, that hurts, but I don't think it's going to take them down too much. JJ Watts still very capable at the, you know, in his position, like Eric said, he tends to, re- he looks like he's regressing a little bit. He's had a lot of injuries over his career. But, I mean, he's still, I can't remember the exact number, but he still put up, like, 14 or 15 sacks last year. So, that's still really good. And it's still going to warrant that, you know, teams are going to want to have to double-team him, which can maybe open the door for someone else to step up. I don't know who that's going to be, but it could be someone else. And then, yeah, aside from Jonathan Joseph, I like the secondary um, to Sean Gibson. And I like... I don't. I think it's kind of odd that our lads here has Bradley Roby listed as the right corner and the nickelback. <laughs> I'm not sure how that works, but um, <laughs> he's gonna so. call him. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but I think like I think Justin Reed's an okay safety. He can hold it down back there, and um, yeah, I mean, I just it's just I think they proved more so in the past. I have more confidence in them than I do in the Titans and the Jaguars in terms of, like, that they proved to me last year that they can do it, and they didn't, you know, and everybody's going through stuff. If they were the only team that was going through problems right now, then, yeah, I could see warning them lower, but everybody's going through problems in this division. So I think that kind of just resets it back to, you know, everybody's on the same playing field again, and the Texans have proved it to me in the past that they can do it. So that's why I have them finishing first, and why, you know, I don't think the... Lamar Miller and Clowney losses are as big as some people think they are. All right. Sounds good, guys. Uh, move on to the Colts now. And I've got the, the Colts here ranked uh, third in the division. Uh, Connor's got them second, and Eric's got them last. And obviously, Andrew Luck's the main storyline with the Colts. But I do want to just point out that. I actually didn't change my standings when the Andrew Luck news came out because I had already factored into my standings like a few weeks ago before, or maybe it was like a month ago, but I had already factored in. I didn't think Andrew Luck was going to play much at all this season. So just based on the history of Andrew Luck and these injuries, and they didn't say anything about it being minor. They just, you know, they were really mysterious about this whole injury and it was kind of like the same thing a couple of years ago they were so mysterious about this injury uh they made it seem like he was going to be back week one he was just missing the preseason and then like every week you know they they would do it they would have weekly updates on his injury instead of just saying oh he's going to be he's going to miss the whole season so i was already under the impression that andrew luck wasn't going to play much this year i didn't think he'd retire but i didn't I went into anticipating. I don't think, I don't think anybody thought Brissette. he was going to retire. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, but but I thought Brissett was going to be their quarterback for most of the year. So that's why I have them finishing third, because I still think this is a good team. Uh, 
they've had a lot of high draft picks from the past couple of years and a lot of draft picks because they've traded back and they haven't really spent much money in free agency. And now that Luck's going to be gone from their team, they don't have his contract anymore. They have even more money to spend. So it's crazy the potential of this team if they, you know, they're, they're a conservative team that they want to conserve their money and pay their guys. Oh, not right now, guys. <laughs> uh, restart. Yeah, we don't need your computer restarting right now. That would be awful. <laughs> um, but, uh, <laughs> the podcast is over, guys. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. We're not going to get to the Jaguars after all. <laughs> uh, but So this team's been built the right way. Uh, they finally put uh, pieces into the offensive line. Quentin Nelson was an all-pro last year. Uh, a couple years before, they had first-round center and Ryan Kelly. is uh, another good guard. So th- they've got one of the better offensive lines in football. And that's why Andrew Luck really didn't get hurt last year because they they had good protection there. And we're really going to see now, I and this is my belief, that I think Eric Ebron is an average tight end and that Andrew Luck made him look better. And... Jacoby Brissett, well, I think I think he's going to be okay. I just don't think he's going to win you a whole lot of games. So I've got the Colts finishing third here. Marlon Mack, uh, I'm a little bit more worried about him. Uh, it's in, he's my favorite player on on the uh, Colts because he went to USF and I actually watched him at USF too. So he wasn't like before my time or anything. He was there my freshman year here at USF. So I watched him a lot. I was happy to see him get drafted, not to the Colts necessarily, but uh, <laughs> happy that he's you know Come now. On, what are you doing, man? <laughs> <laughs> so, but I worry a little bit for him because he benefited. I mean, he's still got the offensive line, but he benefited a lot from the threat of Andrew Luck as a QB throwing. And now I feel like he's gonna teams are gonna be more geared to stop the run with Brissett and. So I don't think he's going to have as good of a season. If you want to do like a fantasy assessment, I would rank his fantasy draft position. I would draft him way later, and I would draft Eric Ebron way later as well because I'm not sure those guys are going to be as good as they were without Andrew Luck. And same with even T.Y. Hilton, but I would put him – I would still put him as like a – in that first couple rounds as somewhere to get because he's really going to be the main guy. Uh, for the offense uh, defensively it's a really good defensive team I mean they've got a lot of young pieces and just a couple of years ago they were so bad on defense but they've really made this an emphasis of improvement with getting all those extra draft picks from that Colts trade or the the trade with the Jets uh, two years ago they got a bunch of a bunch more draft picks that are turning into great players like Darius Leonard and a, a year before that, Malik Hooker at safety. I think Rocky Sin's going to be really good for them as a nickelback. And their big like signing was Justin Houston, who he'll help. But I mean, I still don't think this defense is. I think this defense is kind of on par with Houston. They might not have the star power that Houston has with Watt, but uh, I still think as a defense, they're going to be solid. And that's why I don't think they're going to finish last. I think they've got uh, 
the offense, I think, is going to score more points. They're going to be a little bit more ball control of a team. Uh, but, but no, I like I said before, I, I didn't think that Luck was going to play much this year, so I had the Colts third anyways, but they still got a good team. So I, you know, I... I wouldn't count them out, and I'm like the I'm like these guys that any of these teams could win this division, but uh, but I just don't see the Colts doing it now. And then with Luck going, like right before the season two, it'd be one thing if he had made this decision way long ago, but uh, it's a it's a sudden shock for the team, and uh, we're we're gonna see how good Frank Reich does with uh, with Brissett, so. Well, I'm, I'm like, you know, a lot of the points that you brought up are the reason why I only dropped them to second rather than last place. Because, again, just off of what they had last year, I mean, I know I do have to thank Eric Ebron because while Deshaun Watson didn't perform for me in fantasy, I had Eric Ebron on my team. And he was like the second highest scoring tight end behind Travis Kelsey last year, I think, or something, or at least for, you know, most until the last couple of weeks and he started to suck. But up until that point, he was like the second best tight end. And I think Ebron and Jack Doyle is a good tight end combo. I mean, because both of them can catch the ball. I don't. Ebron's not a blocker at all. Ebron's a terrible blocker. <laughs> but um, I think you know both of them as a tight end duo can actually be somewhat dangerous if they can kind of figure out how. Because they had a problem last year when both of them, like Doyle, was hurt most of the year. But whenever they were on the field at the same time, it seemed like they could get one of them going, but they couldn't get the other one going. They couldn't figure out how to make the duo work. So I think if they can figure that out, that can be really good for them. And then I think the addition of Devin Funchess is really good for T.Y. Hilton because I remember watching Devin Funchess in Carolina and, you know, they kind of had to try and rely on him as the number one receiver after Kelvin Benjamin left, which, I mean, Benjamin wasn't that good to start with anyway. But they had to rely on him as the number one guy and he couldn't quite do it. He wasn't really built to be a number one receiver. So I think having him as that number two option to T.Y. Hilton really opens things up for T.Y. Hilton because now there's another pretty good receiver that the defense has to focus on and cover besides T.Y. Hilton. And offensive line is pretty decent. Obviously, it's all... And I I think Marlon Mack is going to have a good year again. I don't think he's going to fall off. I think he'll be good. Um, but yeah, the question mark, the big question mark is obviously Jacoby Brissett. I mean, we saw how he performed last time when Luck was injured. Obviously, the Colts didn't have the team that they have now, but he still didn't really inspire much confidence. He's got a big arm, but can he put together the other pieces that are going to at least make him serviceable enough to just kind of, he kind of really just needs to be a game manager in a way. Because, I mean, almost like a Trent Dilfer-esque quarterback is what he needs to be. He just needs to not make mistakes. Because the Colts have a running back and they have a defense. And he's got receivers he can throw to. So as long as Jacoby Brissett doesn't make mistakes, I don't think he needs to be... I don't think the Colts need a superstar quarterback. I don't think they need Andrew Luck. Do I, I don't know if that'll win them the division or not without Andrew Luck. But at least it can take them places to where they can maybe win the division or compete for a playoff spot. Um, but then, yeah, you look at the defense, obviously, is the, still the strength of this team as they were last year. I mean, Darius Leonard was – it was between him and Derwin James for rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year last year, and Leonard got the title, which I think he mm-hmm. deserved more than Derwin yeah, James too. did. So, 
And I don't know how effective Justin Houston's going to be. I mean, he's got injured so many times in Kansas City, and at this point now he's you know quite a bit older. So I don't know how much of an impact Justin Houston's going to make. I mean, if he can somehow find even a small part of his former self, then yeah, he will make an impact. But it, that's a big if. And the question is, can he stay healthy? And But I mean, the rest of the defense is solid. It's kind of one of those defenses that there's not a lot of names on this defense that you'd really recognize. It's just like, you know, it's one of those quietly good defenses. It's almost mm-hmm. like the Miami Dolphins defense from back in the 70s when they were winning, you know, when they went undefeated. It was a bunch of guys that nobody had ever heard of. And people still probably never heard of them unless you're a Miami fan. And but yet they were one of the most dominant defenses in the league and no one talked about them. I think that's kind of what this defense is like. It's a bunch of people that you've never really heard of. I mean, I think people have heard of Jabal Sheard, but and obviously they know Rocky Sin from the draft, but it's a bunch of people that nobody's ever really heard of, but yet they somehow form this really good defense. So we'll see how that goes. And then on the didn't talk about this with Houston, but on the place kicker you know, standpoint. Adam Vinatieri's still there. I don't know how much longer he's going to play, but it's amazing that the guy's still even in the league at age, like, <laughs> 50 almost at this point. So He's, like, 45, I think, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's really up there in age. So, but, I mean, he's still getting it done. I mean, he hasn't shown he – sh- he doesn't quite have the range that he used to have, but he's still accurate as ever. So – I mean, there's there's not still not a whole lot of guys I'd want taking that game-winning field goal in the yeah. league over him. So, you know, when and it comes to close games, the Colts are in good hands there. So that's why I still have them finishing second. I don't think – I think they have – again, like I said with Houston, they've proved to me that they have other pieces. They can still compete even though they lost Andrew Luck. So uh, that's why I think they're going to finish second. I'll let Eric talk about them now. Yeah, so – I'm in a, I'm in agreement with, really like everything, Connor said. I mean, in terms of the overall talent on this team, but the reason, I mean, because I had them at first place before Andrew Luck announced his retirement, and but my problem is, is I just don't trust, uh, I just don't trust Brissett at quarterback. I mean, when you look at the year he had just a couple seasons ago when Andrew Luck missed that whole season and the Colts were pretty bad that year. (laughs) And the next year, Luck comes back and they got a, you know, they obviously getting, you know, uh, Quentin Nelson on the offensive line was big and getting um you know Darius Leonard on on the defensive end was big. I mean those were you know big additions that they got when Luck came Ebron. back. Yeah, Ebron ended up having a but see I'm in agreement with Zach too on that though that I mean mm-hmm. what what did Eric Ebron do in Detroit with Matthew Stafford? I mean and Matthew Stafford's a good quarterback too. Like he didn't really do much, but then he finally had a good year. So I'm I'm attributing a lot of that to Andrew Luck. I don't know how he's going to do without him. It kind of reminds me of um, like Julius Thomas when he came to Jacksonville from Denver when he had Peyton Manning lobbing him all those touchdowns, and then he got to Jacksonville and didn't do anything. So 
worst jersey I ever bought. <laughs> I, I, I could go into a. I've got worse. I've for the me. sake of time. I'm for the sake of time. I'm not going to rant on Julius Thomas right now. But <laughs> so, and and this this situation reminds me very similarly of the situation the Jaguars were in last year. We had arguably the top defense going into the season. Now, our offense was not as good as, in terms of all the positions, as what the Colts have now. Like, our offense wasn't as good as this, but still. But the main factor was, like, is Blake Bortles going to be able to take the next step at, at quarterback? And he didn't, and then the whole team suffered because of it. And I just don't trust Jacoby Brissett to be that guy because he's, you know, had a chance before and did not really take advantage of it. And then plus if he goes down, I mean, their situation behind him is really terrible. (laughs) So I just, I just, I don't trust Brissett. Now, if he turns around and proves me wrong, then, Hey, like, you know, kudos to him for kudos to him for doing that because i do you know i'm in agreement with zach and connor here that i feel like they have the pieces around him to be successful but i just don't trust him i don't i just don't see it happening so because of that i have the colts finishing last yeah so we we disagree on that a little bit but now time for the moment you've all been waiting for (laughs) yep to all of our Jacksonville audience base out here, this one's for you. <laughs> uh, we were doing it no matter what, but, you know. Uh, so the Jaguars here, like I said, I've got them finishing first. You know, I could see them not finishing first, but when it comes to these prediction things, I I want to be optimistic about my team, and I don't think that there's really an argument for them to be – uh, that they like you give them a chance to get first you know it's not like a crazy thing like you're picking the Bengals to finish first or <laughs> Miami or Arizona or one of those teams you know you're it's not that big of a stretch for them to finish first because they did it two years ago um, but I'll get into the reasons why I think they'll finish first and then Eric can kind of say why he agrees with me about what he might disagree with and then, but before that, I do want to point out some things on our lads that uh, that I think is wrong on here. <laughs> uh, Marquise Lee is not going to be the opening day starter. That's going to be D.D. Westbrook and Chris Conley. Chark will be third. Uh, I don't think Lee will play, and then so that'll bump him down. He'll still be on the team. Pryor's not making the team because he can't play special teams at all. Uh, Board will make the practice squad. Same with maybe Brady. Uh, but McBride will make the team based solely on special teams. Uh, and that's what you really look for in your, like, sixth receiver. And then on the offensive line, I'd put Wells above Leonard Wester. Leonard Wester's, like, really awful in preseason. And I know Wells has had a lot of injury issues in the past, but uh, the left tackle spot is the most scary spot, I think, on this team because Cam Robinson's coming back from that injury, and he just got back to practicing a couple weeks ago. So if he goes down again, I mean, they had four left tackles last year that they had to go through. And, you know, if you go through four left tackles, 
you're no matter what your team is, it's gonna it's gonna take a hit from that. Uh, Andrew Norwell, I think he's a little bit overrated to be honest with you. Um, an undrafted guy from Carolina who made an All Pro team and got a lot of money here. If he can be healthy, I think he'll be good, but I don't think he's gonna be great or anything. He's not like uh, like the Quentin Nelson on the Colts, but I do think he'll be he'll be solid if he's healthy. I don't like the depth after him. Uh, and then Linder's a guy who's also really good, but he's never played a full season. So Shatley's gotten a lot of experience as the backup center. And they're working AJ Can as a, being a backup center to potentially get Shatley out of the mix. And then I definitely disagree with this right here. Jawan Taylor is going to be the day one right tackle starter. Oh, yeah. For sure. He's looked way better than a boy he has, and he's also a second round pick. <laughs> so you're you're gonna lean towards should that. Have, should have been a first round pick somehow. Yeah, he was the, projected to be a first rounder. He's looked good too. He's got an injury. Uh he had an injury, but before that he was looking really good. And he's just gotta work on uh some false start issues, but he's a big mauler, man. He he's a true right tackle. And then this is another one I disagree on. I think they're going to start Will Richardson over AJ Can because Will Richardson has looked really good this camp, and they moved him from he was originally a right tackle at NC State last year or two years ago. He got drafted in the fourth round last year, missed the whole season from injury. You really nobody even remembered him until he came back to the team this year, and he's looked really good. And he's big. He fits their you know what they want on the offensive line. He's bigger than Can. And Can's not on a super big deal so that, you know, you can defend him being the starter. He's got the experience. Can's got experience, but uh, he's really not been great. I think they're going to put Will Richardson there because I think he's got more upside to that. And then Can will be your backup right guard and your backup center if need be. The tight end spots, um, if Oliver comes back, He's a true pass catching tight end. He has no blocking ability at all. But Jeff Swaim uh, is more like your average tight end blocking and catching wise. I don't think he's going to be great, but I think he'll be all right. Uh, And then they'll keep O'Shaughnessy because he's been with the team the longest, I think. And then I don't think Ben Koyak makes it. I'd put Charles Jones, the undrafted rookie to make the team solely on his upside and his uh, his blocking ability. He's by far the best blocker out of all these tight ends. So I think he'll make the team over Koyak. Koyak's never really done anything anyways. And then the they'll keep Minshew as the backup quarterback. They like what they see out of him, even though he struggled in the preseason. But if Foles goes down, this We're team's screwed. not going to win a whole lot of games. <laughs> yeah. I love Eric. We're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> Magoo's an interesting guy. I think they might try and keep him on the practice squad. But uh, uh, And then the running back situation is not great either. Uh, Fournette's really the only guy here. Uh, Blue's not very good. Armstead's looked good at times as a rookie. So he'll be interesting. But he kind of runs the same style as Fournette. So I think he's he looks for contact, man. Like he pops people. He's going to get hurt the way he runs. The thing with Fournette is, is he's got to learn to avoid contact sometimes. And also, he's got to be be a better pass-catching back. 
and I think you will, because Armstead's not a pass catching back at all. I think they'll keep Rawls. Um, I haven't seen a whole lot of him because of injuries, but he's got experience, and I think they'll keep these four running backs. But two through four are fluid. They're not set up by any means. And then defensively, the big addition is Josh Allen, obviously the first-round pick. And, I mean, this defense is great. Like, the starters anyways, the linebackers are the biggest uncertainty. But Quincy Williams looked really good in training camp. He's supposed to be back by week one. And then they've got some other veteran linebackers here like Najee Good. And they like Leon Jacobs, but... I don't think Leon Jacobs is going to be playing a whole lot. He's listed here as a starter, but I don't. I think he might only be on the field 30% of their defensive packages. And then Ronnie Harrison, I think, is going to be a big star uh, on this defense. I think he's really going to improve. Jared Wilson's the biggest question mark in the secondary spot. Obviously, you've got Ramsey and Boye, two great corners. And then DJ Hayden was really good as a nickelback. Um so that's going to be interesting. Early on in camp, C.J. Rivas was pushing Wilson for that spot. So that spot's up in the air. And then also you could see a signing post-cuts uh, to fill that free safety spot. But Wilson's a guy, an undrafted guy a couple of years ago who's kind of worked his way up. And he's listed as a starter. I agree with that for now. But Rivas, that's the battle to watch on on the defense for the starters anyways. Uh, I've got a couple other issues down here, like Eli Anku, I think, will be cut. I'd put Dontavious Russell ahead of him. Um, and I'd also put Breon Borders, the one of the backup. I mean, these are getting way down the depth chart, but there's a couple things I'd change around here. But uh, And then Jake Ryan, he, he hasn't even shown up because he's been injured. But now that I got all that out of the way. <laughs> well, but uh, before you go any further, I actually have a question for you. Yeah, yeah. Where, where do you think in the draft your dad will take the the Jaguars defense? Because I know he's <laughs> he's going to be the one that's going to take the you know take them earlier than everybody else. So where do you think he's going to take them? Well, actually, I think it's either going to be him or Uncle Greg that takes because this is Uncle Greg's last season. Uncle Greg, by the way, guys, is Eric's dad. He's an uncle to Connor and, and myself. I think he actually is going to take him this year because it's his last year in the league and he's made it clear that he doesn't like it when he goes up against Jaguar players. So I think I I actually think he's going to take him the Jaguars defense pretty early. So that I think that's what's going to happen. I don't so, think my dad will pick that. Round, round, so like round three, you think maybe? <laughs> I don't know about that really, but I, probably like round seven six, or something. Six he'll, or seven round. Like he'll get it. He'll get them around earlier than they should be drafted, just to ensure that he's got them. You know what I mean? So yeah, uh, yeah. Eric, do you agree with with that, or you, do you think he's not going to pick him? Pick them? Uh, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he does. Yeah. I I don't ever talk like draft strategy with him, so I I, I don't <laughs> know I don't know what's going through his or my mom's head with that stuff. But um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, so now to my argument to why this team will finish first. I think that this team is going to finish first because Nick Foles. And Nick Foles is not going to be a league MVP this year. 
He's been a Super Bowl MVP, and we'll get to that, you know, later. But I just think he's going to be so much of an upgrade over Bortles that this team is going to be able to score points. And I don't see this defense giving up a whole lot of points. I think even with Telvin gone, you know, Telvin was kind of fading at the end of last year anyways. He wasn't playing his best. Last year was definitely his worst year he's had maybe since his rookie year. So with that as their biggest loss, and then Quincy Williams stepping up in that spot and looking really good, they are coming in with a healthy offensive line. I tackles last year. That's an incredible amount of left tackles to go through. Norwell was hurt halfway through the year. Linder was hurt like halfway through the year. Uh, and then their only starters were really AJ Can, who was playing banged up. I mean, he looked like Bionic Man, or no, Jeremy Parnell looked like Bionic Man out there with all the stuff on his body. <laughs> I mean, seriously, they got rid of him. I think Juwan Taylor is a massive upgrade on that. Uh, I think I love what uh, what I have really high expectations for how he's going to do. So I think as an offensive line, they've gotten so much healthier. They've got a so much better quarterback. Nick Foles from Bortles is such a massive upgrade. And Fournette is coming into the year healthy. I don't know how long that'll last, but they're going to get <laughs> at least a healthy Fournette for week one. So At deep, least the first game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, rookie receivers tend to struggle their rookie year, and that was the case for DJ Chark. But this is his second year, and he was a second-round draft pick. So this is the year he's supposed to make an impact. He wasn't really supposed to do much last year. Uh, so this is his year. Marquise Lee, of course, missed the entire year. I know he's not the best receiver in the world, but he's at least another piece to the puzzle. Uh, and then D.E. Westbrook has gotten better each season. I think he's the number one receiver on this team. Not a great number one receiver, but he's got upside to him. And I I think Chris Conley is going to be a better receiver than Dante Moncrief was because him and Nick Foles have that connection from Kansas City. They're like apparently best friends or something. That was the reason why Conley came here. A big reason why anyways uh, is after Nick came, he really wanted to go wherever Nick Foles went because he had such a good connection with Foles back when they were both like on the second team in Kansas City uh, back then a couple years ago. And Foles is like one of the best leaders of a quarterback that there is. And this team was so undisciplined last year. Uh, I mean, the penalties themselves cost this team some games. The amount of uh, penalties that they had unnecessarily, they were such an undisciplined team. And I think Foles, as a leader, is going to be able to lead this team to first place like he's done the past couple years with Philly. You know, he's people haven't really expected him to but he's, he's been able to do it. The locker room that that he's been in really respects him, and they really play hard for him. You hear what the Eagles players said when about him versus Wentz. They, lo- they love Wentz, obviously, but they when Foles came in, they felt inspired to play for him. One of the players on the Eagles, I forget who, but they built a shrine to him in the locker room. I mean, he's just loved by everybody. He's got a connection with their new offensive coordinator, John DiFilippo. So I think 
there's just so many new offensive additions to this team that I don't see how they can't be better offensively than they were last year. And then my other point about that is, is they don't need to be at Kansas City on offense. I think they only need 20 points a game to win most of their games. Uh, they've got such a good defense here that is going to keep them in games no matter what. I mean, they kept them in games last year, just the offense couldn't score more than 10 points. And Calais Campbell, I know he's old, but he hasn't. he's had the best sack numbers of his career the past two years. Uh, so until he stops you know, producing, I'm not going to say he won't because this defensive line around him is so good that he's, you know, he can be rotated in and out. He doesn't have to play the whole game, you know? So, and then another kind of wrinkle to this team uh, is that now they're, they, they do play a four, three, the majority of the time, but they're going to a three, four with Josh Allen who is an outside linebacker at Kentucky. So they're switching it up a little bit. You see him in the preseason against Miami with their starters. They showed some three, four looks with Josh Allen and Josh Allen in that Miami game looked insane. I mean, there was a couple times he was like unblocked. So it, it looked really good, but I mean, he's just shoved people out of the way. Offensive linemen. I know Miami's got a bad offensive line, but as a rookie, I mean, he's not, He's not on the starting lineup here, but he's going to be contributing a lot to this team. He's going to get a lot of sacks. Uh, Taven Bryan's not a starter, but that's a good thing. <laughs> uh, so <Yes. laughs> Eric agrees with that. So they don't need him to start. Usually when you pick a guy in the first round and he's, he's, you expect him to start by year two. That's not in the case of Taven Bryan, but that's a good thing because he's their backup to Marcelo Darius who has been an elite run defender the past couple of years. I wish he could get back to that, you know, the the years he had in Buffalo, where he was also a pass rusher, an excellent pass rusher too. But he's their primary run stopper. That's what they primary, primarily ask him to do because they've got uh, Ngakwe and Campbell on the edge. And, and then Avery Jones is I think he's the longest tenured Jaguar on this team. He's kind of consistent. He's not great, but he doesn't mess up too much. He, so I like their defensive line a lot. Uh, I think Miles Jack has got more experience now. Uh, everyone knows Miles Jack wasn't down. <laughs> um, sh- shout out to the, the AFC Championship game a couple years ago. Don't, say, don't but, tell that to Nathan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he knows. He knows. He, just wants- he knows it is hard. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, I agree, by the way. I agree yeah, he, was, yeah. he was not down. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and it's a young linebacking core around him. But I think that the linebacker linebacking core is not as important on the defensive side as edge rushers and corners are. I think if you have really good edge rushers and really good corners, you can get away with weaker linebackers. And I think, you know, Miles Jack is in a prove-it contract here. And he's uncertain to be back. So he's going to be highly motivated for a good season. And he's been to camp the whole time. He's been, you know, early mornings, late nights sort of thing. He's he's a role model citizen. And he's a, he's a model Jaguar, too. So I like him there. The, Leon Jacobs, I said, is probably the weakest starter here in this official depth chart. 
But Ronnie Harrison, I think, you know, Ramsey talks so much about him. He's tall. He's really, I mean, Ronnie Harrison actually retweeted about a month month or so ago one of Eric's tweets, which is really awesome. But even before that, like, retweet thing, I was saying, I was praising Ronnie Harrison about the potential that he's got coming out of Alabama. And he's he's going to be a good safety in this league for years to come. I think he was a steal for the third round. Uh, and then Boye had kind of a down year last year, but he was still pretty good. I think he'll, I think like Eric said before, a lot of these guys were unmotivated last year when the losing happened. I don't think that's the case this year. I just think Nick Foles is going to inspire this team uh, to first place in the division. And hey, you know, I there's no quarterback I'd want more than him other than like Brady and stuff in the playoffs the past couple of years. He's shown that he can win games for you in the playoffs. And uh, the special teams side, Logan Cook's a pretty good punter. I mean, he definitely got a lot of practice last year. Uh <laughs> You know, Almost every drive thing. that wasn't a turnover. <laughs> yeah, it's not a good thing, but he did. And Lambeau's been really consistent. Uh, he's the proven guy now for kicker. You know, we don't have a, a kicker battle anymore. They didn't even bring in a kicker at camp. Uh, most teams do bring in a second kicker, but the Jaguars decided not to do that this year. And, uh, and then even on the return uh, team, I mean, D.D. Westbrook's taking some punt returns back. I hear that back in Jack's on the radio. They're like, apparently someone got a a Dream Finders home for that punt back for a touchdown. They'd say, last year, D.D. Westbrook took took one back to the house for a Dream Finders home. Uh, And then Chark, as a returner, I don't think he's as great, but he's a really good uh, gunner and has really made some huge hits that caused fumbles on special teams. And Jody, Jody Camillus here. I mean, th- this is the kind of information you wouldn't get from a normal fan, but I know everything about this team. He's been in the league like 30 years, really respected special teams coach. And I think he's going to be – he's been with them a couple of years. So the special teams I'm not concerned about. Uh, the two major thing, the three major things that were wrong with this team last year were it was the health of the offensive line, the lack of quarterback, and the unnecessary amount of penalties they got. And I think all of those things are going to be solved with Nick Foles and the new healthy offensive line. So I, I, you know, I spent a lot of time on this, but I wanted to make sure I got everything out to you guys. So those are all my reasons. And then Eric, you can go say your stuff, and then Connor can say who he, who he leans towards, who he thinks did a better job presenting their argument. But – that's, that's my argument. Those, those are my three main uh, things. Right <laughs> my, argument, my argument will definitely uh, not be as long as Zach's, but yeah. be- before I get into my point, I am going to say, out of all the podcasts we've ever done where we've ever made any kind of prediction or had any kind of debate or anything like that, this is going to be the main one where I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but before I so now that I got that out of the way, I I had the Jaguars finishing third initially, and obviously again, you know, this has been a main topic throughout this episode. But Andrew Luck retiring definitely changed things. So, and then with the with the Lamar Miller and Jadavion Clowney situations in Tech and Houston, like 
I don't have as much of a case like against Jacksonville winning the division as I had just like a couple weeks ago. So this definitely is not going to be like as like a we initially going into this like thought we were going to have this like intense debate or yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's not going to happen. But th- this is my problem that I have with the Jaguars. This is my number one thing that worries me about this team. After what happened last year with all of the injuries, I just it, it's too hard to, like, not worry about that. Because it's not... And, if you look at a lot of these players on this team, it's not even just like, oh, it just happened last year. It was a fluky deal where all these players got hurt. I mean, a lot of these players that are supposed to start for the Jaguars this year, it seems like they're injured all the time. Like Marquise Lee. I disagree, I, but I'll, yeah, I'll get Well, that. I mean. Sorry. Offensively, I agree with you. Not not on the defense, though. I don't think Ramsey's never missed a game. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. De- defensively, we're defensively. Mm-hmm. I'm not too concerned. I yeah, mean, yeah, there hasn't really been anybody that you could say like, oh, they have an injury problem on mm-hmm. the defense. But it's it's the offense, though. And yeah, and I off- can see the offense. Yeah, the offense. The offense is the weaker side of this team. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you look at our defense, I mean, our if our defense like plays to their potential like like they did in 2017 I mean they could very easily be the best defense in football I mean that that's what I love the most about this team and why I wouldn't have them you know finishing farther down in the division but I get concerned with the injuries on this team like I know Nick Foles like spent a lot of his time in Philly as a backup so it wasn't like he was missing time because of injuries but he has had some injuries throughout his career that caused him to miss time. It seems like Leonard Fournette gets hurt every year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he hasn't been in the league that long, but both both of his seasons in the league, he's missed a substantial amount of time. Suspensions too. I mean, yeah, he hasn't I mean, been he hasn't been a model citizen. Let's just say that. <laughs> you know, I mean, I I think he's more he's going into a contract year, so he's more motivated. But so I don't think he's going to like let himself get suspended or. Yeah, I think he I'm hoping that he's done like doing the stupid stuff. Yeah. But I but again, he's been injured a lot in his first two seasons. And Jawan Taylor's already seemed to have some kind of knee problem. That's why he slid in the draft of the second round apparently, and there's questions about his availability. Brandon Linder, who's our best offensive lineman in my opinion, I mean Guy's a beast, but he gets hurt all the time. I, I don't. I don't. He's never he, played a healthy. Either. I guess I don't think he's. I don't think he's played a full season. Yeah. yeah, he's maybe had some seasons where he only missed like a game or two, but he's had other seasons where he's missed yeah. like nine or ten games. And Marquise Lee gets oh, hurt man. every single year. I mean, last year it was more of a freakish injury with the you know with the uh, ACL, yeah, that was a cheap shot, I think. Which yeah. so that. You know, that was a little bit of a different circumstance. But even aside from that, it's like every year he gets a hamstring injury. Leonard Fournette, every year he gets a hamstring injury. And it it doesn't matter, like, how good this defense is if 
half of our starting offensive players like start getting injured again, we're going to be in trouble just like we were last year because we our depth on the offensive line is a little bit better than last year. And of course, last year we went through so many linemen, like no team could have withstood that amount of injuries and still been playing fine. But if say like if Linder and Norwell go down again, do you trust Tyler Shatley? And I mean, Shatley has been okay, but do you trust Brandon Thomas to go in there and get the job done? I don't know. And Cam Robinson had had some inconsistencies even before his ACL injury, yeah, so yeah. I do worry about. I like the right. I think I'm going to like the right. Well, the left side's supposed to be better, but Norwell actually was completely healthy in Carolina. He just got injured here. Yeah, he he's one of our few. I mean, he got hurt last year, but he's mm-hmm. one of our few players on the offensive side of the ball where I would say, well, I even though he got injured last year, I don't worry about him quite as much. But I don't know, man. Like. Heard a doorbell. These, these, <laughs> yeah, I'll go check that real quick. You can keep these, going, Eric. <laughs> yeah. These, oh, it's, never mind. Yeah, keep going. These potential injury concerns on the offensive side of the ball are what scare me. And obviously, I mean, I'm definitely in agreement that Nick Foles is a big upgrade over Blake Bortles. Like, obviously, I'm not going to disagree <laughs> with that. I, I, yeah. If anybody disagrees with that, like, you probably shouldn't talk football. You're crazy. <laughs> but... I just don't know, man. But at the same time, you know, with everything like we've kind of talked about, too, with everything going on with, you know, like Jadavion Clowney holding out and Luck retiring and Lamar Miller getting hurt and Taylor one being suspended, like all this other stuff going on, like it definitely gives the Jaguars a chance. And you know, I could see this being like a 2017 situation all over again where, you know, a lot of the other teams kind of fall apart and then we – you know, click at the right time and win. And obviously I hope that happens. I mean, you know, this is my team, you know, that Jaguars became a team. Well, they, they found out they were getting a team when I was five and then they started playing when I was seven. So, you know, for 24 years, I've been rooting for this team. So obviously I want them to be good and be successful and, you know, win the Super Bowl. I, uh, but I just, I worry with the nagging injury concerns that they've had on the offensive side of the ball. But at the same time, Zach made a lot of great points about the Foles and Conley connection. And, you know, I've heard reports that Fournette's in, in addition to being healthy, that he's in a lot better shape than he's been in recently. And, you know, we do have our full offensive line back and, you know, hopefully God for hope, hopefully they can stay healthy, but, you know, and we've gotten even better on, defense with Josh Allen, Mm -hmm. you know, with with the Josh Allen addition. So my other concern, I get my only other concern I have with the defensive side of the ball before I end my argument and then let Connor decide how he feels. And this is something a lot of fans of other teams wouldn't necessarily know either, unless you happen to watch a lot of Jaguars games, but for whatever reason, last year, especially Todd Wash, our defensive coordinator, ran a lot of zone defense, which if I've got this group of players that the Jacksonville Jaguars have on defense with Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boye, I'm not running zone defense a single play. I mean, maybe every now and then to switch it up to try to like disguise the coverage or something, but I'm... 
I'm running man-to-man defense nine plays out of ten because when Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boye are both playing man-to-man on the other team's two best receivers, like, they are beasts. They do not let the receivers get open, which then was allowing the defensive line to come in and get the sacks, Mm -hmm. which was why the whole Saxonville thing became a thing. But then last year we ran a lot of zone and then receivers were able to get in the open spaces in the zones. And then teams were carving us up because obviously that wasn't, you know, that's not Jalen Ramsey and AJ Boye strength. They're good at sticking to receiver like glue. They don't like to just guard one space of the field and that be it. It's not their strong point. And, you know, if in the first game of the season against the chiefs, if, the Jaguars come out playing a lot of zone and Mahomes starts carving us up. Like that's going to have me concerned too, because I don't understand why you would run a scheme that doesn't cater to your best players. So that depending on where they go with the play calling defensively, you know, if they get it right and run a lot of man to man, then I'll be happy about that. But if they come out in a lot of zone, that's going to concern me too. So, but that's obviously, an unknown you know we don't know what kind of adjustments they're going to make plus they're going to do more they're going to transition i think to a three four uh two that's a big change with because that's what josh allen is most natural in so that's going to be a new addition to this team they've never done a three four anyways the last i would would like to see them i would like to see them do almost like a hybrid type of deal where like sometimes they do four three and sometimes they do three four Campbell and, and Gawkway are not going to do as well on a 3-4, I wouldn't think. But, you know, if they switch it up and, you know, that just can make it even more confusing for mm-hmm. other teams' offenses to game plan against because you got to figure out, like, you know, which formations are they going to run or what are you going to do in situations when they run certain defenses. like, And that would make it really confusing for other teams. Yeah, so yeah. I don't want to see them just strictly go to a 3-4 but, you know, if that's what Josh Allen's good at, then, yeah, do that someplace to throw off the other team's offenses. Like, I'm all for that. So, mm-hmm. but mainly because of the injury concerns, I, you know, obviously every team could have injuries and you never know which team's going to have a bunch of injuries and which teams aren't. But just due to the history of repeated injuries on the Jaguars offense, that scares me. And it were that's what prevents from putting them in first place that's why i have them in second so connor what are you what are your thoughts <laughs> well uh i'm gonna as you guys know from the very beginning of the powerpoint i have the jaguars finishing the lowest out of any of the four podcasters i have them finishing third so mm-hmm. i mean while the injuries because eric used his like he doesn't think they're gonna win because of injuries while that is a concern for me i'm gonna go a little bit further and to that, I don't think it's just going to be injuries as to why they're not going to win the division. Because, first of all, I don't think Nick Foles is the answer, honestly. Like, there's a lot of, I know, like, I mean, Zach's one of them, but there's a lot of Jaguars fans, too, that are so high on him. They think he's going to take them to new places. I just don't see that happening. Because in the times that you've seen Nick Foles, like, last year, when he, he was started out the year as the starter for the Eagles, and he really didn't play that good. I mean, the Eagles were mediocre at best when he was the starting quarterback. Now, he, you know, the times that he's come in and taken over towards the end of the season to take them in the playoffs and whatnot, yeah, he played really good. But I have really serious doubts about that he can keep that up for a full season. 
I don't think he can put up the number. Like, I think he's serviceable. Uh, I'll say that. I think he's serviceable, and I think he's a good game manager. But he's not going to, you know, take the offense the, to the place that it needs to get to be. And obviously below him is not good. Yeah, so obviously, if he, yeah. If, so, if he gets hurt, you know, they're done. Well, yeah. well, even more so in my mind, this is one thing I agree with Eric on when it comes to the injuries, is Leonard Fournette. That's my big thing with the offense is that if Fournette gets injured, forget about it. This team isn't winning the division. Because we saw, I don't think, like, combined with what I think about Nick Foles, if Fournette gets hurt and he's not, if Fournette is there for a full season, yeah, this team can contend for sure in my mind. But I don't see that happening, just the fact that how he's gotten injured so much. So I don't know if he, if he does get injured, it's going to be a serious blow because Alfred Blue is a career backup and he can't be a starter. Um, then also on the offense, when it comes to the receivers, the fact that they don't have like, you, like Zach, you mentioned that you think D.D. Westbrook is the number one receiver right now. Mm-hmm. They don't have a true number one receiver. They don't have a guy out there. They kind of have a similar problem that like Washington has. Where so they have a but or I think the Jets is probably a better example. They're kind of like the Jets where they have kind of like three or four you know pretty average or like you know okay receivers. You don't have one that really stands out to be like the guy. Like okay, this is this guy is you know really good. He's going to be the one that we're going to look to on like third down or whatever. He's like the go-to guy. I'm not sure there's quite a go-to guy yet. Um, D.D. Westbrook is certainly developing and he's looked good from the times I've watched him, but he needs to take another step to try and give the Jaguars that reliable option. Um, so those are my main problems are just on the offense. Cause I can't argue that the defense is probably going to be, you know, it's top three. I don't know if I'm 100% going to call them the best yet, mm-hmm. but top three for sure. I mean, I don't see any way that they can't be top three unless guys start getting hurt. I do think the run defense is a slight concern. I mean, I, and I say slight. Yeah. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, I don't think Marcel – I think Marcel Darius is, like, he's a good run stopper, but he's only – he doesn't play a whole lot of downs as a defensive tackle. So he's more of just, like, a two-down player. So, like, if, you know, they need – there's going to be times when he's not going to be in there. Yeah. And the, and, the, and the other team can run the ball and it's going to hurt them. And the fact that the linebacking core, like you said, you think it's the weakness. Um, I disagree a little bit about that. You think that it's not as important to have good linebackers. If you have good edge rushers and corners, like I know Denver isn't the best example in the world, but you know, the fact, you know, they have Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb rushing off the edge and they have, you know, Chris Harris, a corner and, um, I'm losing his name right now. The other corner who's like, he's not, he's not like on the level. Like Chris Harris, I'd say is probably slightly below Jalen Ramsey and Boye. Um, but the other guy's definitely not, but you know, a team that had a solid secondary and good edge rushers and the defense still sucked because they didn't have linebackers. So, but on this team, I don't think it's as big of a deal because the other positions are so good that like, you know, they can help carry the So the defense top three, for sure. I think Josh Allen's going to be a star. I still have no clue why the Raiders and the Giants passed on him, but <laughs> you know, that's that's their problem. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's mainly the offense for me. I just I don't see you mentioned that you think that uh we were talking about this not too long ago. You mentioned that you think the offense only needs 20 points a game to get them places. 
I have a hard time seeing they can do that on a consistent basis. If, you know, if Fournette gets hurt and if Foles, you know, regresses back to his early season Philly self last year. Um, but again, like with all the other teams in the division, I would not be shocked if they ended up winning the division because there's so many other problems going on in this division like we've covered already. So, yeah, that's that's why I think they're going to finish a little bit lower. I guess I, if I had to agree with someone more than the other, I guess I agree with Eric more. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just really quickly, I just want to – I don't want to spend too much more time, but my kind of, you know – you know, counter to that is I don't think we've seen the best. I think Bortles was so bad that we haven't seen the best that we can see from these receivers because I mean, he Bortles was such a bad quarterback that the receivers had to be wide open for them to get the ball. (laughs) And they had no, you know, Bortles wasn't going to throw it deep either. He was checked down to Yeldon, checked down to Yeldon, you know, throw away. That was it. Like that was it with Bortles. Run the ball. (laughs) Yeah. And with Foles, I think, yeah, he's not going to be an MVP. I know that. But I think he's going to be better enough to make them at least be able to score. And I think that – and I'm so high on the defense that I think all they need to do is score a couple times. And I think he can do that. He's not going to put up Mahomes numbers or anything. But I think he's going to be – I think Bortles is just so bad that it's going to – you know, we haven't seen the best that we could see. And I, I don't think Foles is going to be the best quarterback, but he's going to be a lot better than Bortles was, I think. So that's really, I think, when you boil down to it, is how much of an how much of an upgrade is Foles going to be. That's going to really be the determinant on this uh, for this season. So, uh, so now we're going on to the Tennessee Titans here. And this is a team, I've got them finishing second in the division. Um and to me, I'm kind of shocked when I see all the NFL Twitter and all the NFL experts and everything. It seems like everybody has the Titans finishing fourth, uh, fourth or third. Uh, most, And I'm just so confused by it because out of all the turnover that's happened in the division, I mean, like the Colts, you know, that one year when Brissett was there, they did terrible. The Texans, when Watson got hurt, he they did terrible. The Titans have been the most consistent team in this division the past couple of years. And they've been like nine and seven, like for three straight years, I believe. And I think they've only gotten better this year um, from, from last season. Uh, the offensive line, even with Lawan being suspended for four games is still going to, is still a good offensive line. I don't think Derrick Henry's the best running back in the world, but now he's definitely the guy. They've got Deion Lewis, so that's a nice compliment for sure. Tannehill is a pretty good backup to have at quarterback. Um, I just feel like the Titans have been doing it for long, and I feel like they're not going to win the division because they're not the most talented team in the division because they you know, they haven't won the division in like 10 years or something like that. But uh their defense is is really underrated, I believe. Um, Jarrell Casey still keeps performing. He's kind of like Calais Campbell, kind of an older veteran guy who still is producing big numbers and doesn't really get talked about so much in the defensive tackle world because Aaron Donald gets so much credit for that. But 
Casey's one of the best defensive tackles in the league. Um, and then they've got a lot of young pieces too, like Rashawn Evans and Harold Landry from last year draft picks. And their secondary, man, it's like the former New England Patriots secondary. <laughs> <laughs> Logan Ryan and Malcolm Butler at corner and Adoree Jackson. I mean, it's not the best in the world, but as a team, they seem to play better. And they win a lot of close games, it seems like. Uh, it seems like they play in a lot of like dogfight games, and they somehow end up winning like overtime games and last-second field goal games. It, it just seems like the Titans are have that clutch ability to win those close games. And I just feel like it's a tremendous disrespect to say that they're going to go from winning nine wins for three seasons in a row to winning like four or five games, or not winning nine, winning nine games from going from winning nine games for a couple of years to winning just like four or five games. I I just see that as a huge disrespect. And you know they drafted Jeffrey Simmons uh, from Mississippi State, and on the offensive side, I think they are giving. Mar- I think Mariota is going to have his best weapons that he's ever had with. Now Adam Humphrey is joining the mix and A.J. Brown as a second-round pick. A lot of people said uh, A.J. Brown was the best wide receiver in the draft. You can debate that, but that's some people did say that. And uh, another year of Corey Davis. I don't think Corey Davis is living up to that first-round pick you know, selection, but still it's another year for him, another year of experience. I think it takes a couple of years for wide receivers to really develop into being the receivers they like their primes not whereas like running backs are kind of like the other way around they start out really good and then they regress so i think that he's got better weapons uh they still got delaney walker there i know he's old but (laughs) he's still getting some stats and i i don't know just to me i don't see the i don't see the titans going down from last year i think they'll stay about where they are eight and eight, nine and seven bubble wildcard team, but they're not going to win the division. But to say that they're going to finish last, I, I think is, I think actually the Titans are less likely to finish last than any other team. Even though I think that they're less likely to finish first. I just think they're kind of average, but, and Vrabel's an interesting coach. He's, he's got a lot of energy, <laughs> but, uh, um, nice so that's, to put that's it. Yeah, that's my uh, that's my thought on thoughts on the Titans. Obviously, I I hope they don't have a good year, but it's kind of like Eric with uh, with his thing, how he was saying, oh, you know, I I hope what I say is not true. I hope what I say is not true either. I I'll be perfectly happy with the Titans finishing last, but I just don't see that happening just because they finished nine seven the past couple of years, and this is really Mariota's. Mariota's got real pressure now. With Tannehill as the backup, so he didn't really have much pressure um, from a guy trying to get his job the past couple of years. So if he can stay healthy, uh, but now even if he can't stay healthy, you've got Tannehill there. So I think that the Titans are well positioned here to, to finish second. Well, you mentioned uh, you know trying to stay healthy here. That's what I think is going to bring down this team is the quarterback position because Mariota hasn't lived up to the, like both him and Winston, if you're going back to that draft class, have not lived up to their potential. 
And the issue here is you mentioned that, you know, so if Mariota goes down, he's got a good backup in Tannehill. But the problem is you've got Man of Glass backing up Man of Glass. I mean, Mariota and Tannehill are two of the most injury-prone quarterbacks in the league. So I'm not sure how that's going to work out because if Mariota goes down, well, who's to say that Tannehill doesn't go down too? And then you've got Logan Woodside starting at quarterback. <laughs> so, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I mean, and just for the fact, even if Mariota stays healthy, I don't, he hasn't really shown that he can carry the team. I don't think so. And he can't be that guy. And the Titans need to figure out what they're doing here with Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis, because it seems like every year they can't figure out mainly with Derrick Henry Ever since they, you know, they drafted him when DeMarco Murray was in Tennessee, and then now that they've got Deion Lewis, they can't seem to figure out what they're going to do with Derrick Henry. Is he going to be the starter? Is he going to be the backup? Blah, 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 blah. We don't know. So they need to figure out once and for all what they're going to do with him because I don't think he's good enough to be a number one running back. And obviously Deion Lewis I don't think is either. So if you can somehow find a good combination with those two guys – then yeah, they could be good, but it seems like they can't figure out how to make that work. So, I don't know. And then obviously, Taylor Lewan being suspended for four games is a big blow, because obviously, you know, you don't need Mariota and Tannehill getting hurt, and when your best offensive lineman is suspended, especially your left tackle, your main pass protector, then we'll see how that goes. And Tannehill's not as much of a... I mean, at least Mariota's mobile, so he can kind of run away. But Tannehill's not quite as mobile as Mariota is. Uh, I like Delaney Walker. I think he's one of the most underrated tight ends in the league. I mean, no one ever seems to talk about him. But in the seasons that he stays healthy, he puts up big numbers. So, I mean, he's, he's a big body. He's got the size. He's got the athleticism. So, again, but again, can he stay healthy? Uh, the receivers, I mean, Corey Davis, I don't think he really deserves to be the number one receiver. But I guess he's the best they have right now. So, yeah, just kind of roll with him as a number one receiver because Humphreys really isn't a outside he's a, guy. He's a true yeah, slot. He's a yeah. true slot receiver. So the question is, for me, can A.J. Brown step up and be that number one receiver, like the true number one? Mm-hmm. I don't know if he'll do it this year, but can he take those steps yeah. towards, you know, kind of like how like Juju took those steps in Pittsburgh, like, you know, in his rookie year and then his second year, he kind of built himself up to where now – he's got his chance to be the number one receiver. So I'm going to be interested to see if AJ Brown can kind of do a similar thing, because I don't think it's going to be hard for him to work his way up to number one. If he can at least perform given the rest of the receiving core in Tennessee. And then the defense. uh, Yeah. Jarrell Casey said, I'm with Zach. He, I think he's very underrated again. I mean, he's been proving it his whole career and nobody seems to give him credit for it. So he, you know, he's still one of the best defensive tackles. I'm curious as to why they brought in Cameron Wake. I mean, and, and a really aging veteran and also another injury-prone veteran. I don't know why they brought him in, but I guess if he can stay healthy, then he can somewhat perform still, but he is getting up there in age. Mm-hmm. And But the linebackers are the main concern for me. I mean, Rashawn Evans is pretty decent, but I don't have any confidence in Jayon Brown being, you know, the another one of the middle linebackers. I know Wesley Woodyard used to be yeah. a pro bowler, so if he can somehow find his old form, that could be good for them. But he really started to fall off, so I don't know what's going on with him. And then, <clears throat> yeah, the secondary is decent. I mean, I don't know 
how well Ma- I mean Logan Ryan has proved that he can be on his own. I, Malcolm Butler. Oh so- my god! I I don't know how I meant how I skipped, but Kevin Byard like too. That's that's their best one. Of their you know, he is their best secondary. Right, right. I yeah, don't yeah. See his name there. Yeah. Forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about Malcolm Butler. I mean, it seems like he he's he's a weird case. Like you know. He got elevated to be the number one corner in New England after he had that interception in the Super Bowl, and he just kind of never lived up to it. I mean, he got benched in the Super Bowl one time. I yeah. mean, I'm, su- I'm sure that was for something other than his play, but, you know, I don't. if they thought that they could go without him, like, you know, he wasn't worth it to start, then it means that I don't think he's as good as some people think he is. One thing that you didn't mention about Adoree Jackson that gives the Titans a good outlet here is that – or not outlet that gives them another weapon is that Dory Jackson is a really good return man. I mean, he, he's really good at returning punts and kicks. So, you know, he can be a threat from there. So I think there's the pieces, but again, just like, I think this is similar to Jacksonville in the way that they've got a good defense, obviously not as good. It's like a worst case, uh, worse than Jacksonville for me, like a good defense, but an offense that isn't going to be able to perform and the defense isn't as good to where, like, they would need more than 20 points to win some games. I don't think the defense is going to hold teams to under 20. So, and I don't think the offense has the weapons to do that. So that's why I've got them finishing last. Yeah, and for me, I know we're getting kind of late in the episode here, so I don't want to go on too long, because I know we've already been going for like an hour and a half. But my the reason why I had, I had them finishing last before the Colts thing, and so now I've bumped him up to third. But for me, I just don't trust Marcus Mariota. It's it's kind of like my similar thing with the Colts. Like, they've got a good team. They've got, you know, some, they've got some good talent on this team. But I, I don't trust Marcus Mariota. It just, he's been very inconsistent throughout his career. It seems like he'll have a, he'll, put a couple string of two to three games together where he does really well. He'll throw a touchdown to himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he threw a touchdown to himself in that one game. But like, <laughs> but then he, he has other games where it, it's like he disappears. And and then as Connor said, you know, him and Tannehill both have had a lot of injury problems throughout their careers too. So that's another factor going into this. But I don't know. It seems, he always, I mean, he always does great in their home game against the Jaguars, though. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. every, every time the Jaguars play out the Titans, he destroys us for some reason. But when we play him at home, they still beat us, but it's like six to three or something. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not because of him. But when when we play the Titans at home, he always destroys us for whatever reason. I, I don't know. Please, Jacksonville, don't please end that this year. I think that's going to change. I, I do. God, please. <laughs> <laughs> so sick of losing to the Titans. It's like every year I'm like, oh, the Titans aren't going to be that great. But then even if they don't have a great season, they still beat us, you know, like they all so, I mean, you guys, they you guys are saying all these things, but they've been nine and seven the past three years. And they're and with all these guys. Well, the so, thing is, though, is like, I mean, you, you you brought up a great point about them winning a lot of close games and everything. But the thing is, like that type of like luck where they win the majority of their games by, like, a touchdown or less, like, usually that trend reverses eventually. Like, when – if a team has that many yeah, close – that's games, true. Win a yeah. majority of them, 
usually within the next year or two, they start losing those closer games instead. And just Mariota just has not proven that he can like take the next step to help get this team to the next level. And teams are so reliant on the quarterback. I mean, that's why like in team sports, like, you know, you can easily argue that it's the most important position in any team sport. And because having a good QB or having a bad QB can make all the difference despite the rest of the talent that you have around you. And I don't know. I just, I mean, and obviously I'm hopeful they have a bad year since I'm a Jaguars fan. (laughs) Y'all are hoping all these three teams have a bad year. Yeah, 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 you know. Specifically the Titans. Hopefully hopefully this is 2017, like, all over again. I mean, obviously I don't want people getting injured and stuff, but obviously I'm hopeful the Jaguars win the division again like they did in 2017. But um, I just, I don't know, man. With, like, Delaney Walker getting older, like, that worries me for them. I mean, he has definitely been a great player. I mean, I definitely will agree with that. Uh, Like the other guys said, like, why he doesn't get talked about more, I don't know. But he is, like, 34, 35 now, and so that – you know, father time is undefeated. So whether this will be the year he starts, you know, regressing or not, I don't know. But I don't I don't trust Corey Davis as a number one receiver. I mean, he has potential to be, but he, like Mariota, just hasn't been able to show it just yet. And Mar- Malcolm Butler, I feel like, has been exposed a lot since going to the Titans. He's and he's an overrated corner in my opinion. I wouldn't I wouldn't really want him on my team as a starter. I just, I have a hard time trusting this team to be able to take that next step. I know they got to the playoffs a couple years ago and made it to the second round, but then, you know, last year they were like a little bit worse. I just don't know if they're going to be able to get back to that level or not. I just, I just don't trust it. I feel like Houston has a more, dynamic team overall I feel like Jacksonville has a better team overall if the Colts had Andrew Luck I feel like they would have a better team overall so that's why I had them last initially but as we've stated many times though this is the one true division in football where any team could win or any team could finish last I mean I this is the one division where if I get it completely wrong I would not be shocked so (laughs) um, I guess that's my overall final thoughts on the Titans division in general like I, i'm excited for the season man we've covered Six. all the divisions now and every team's just know, talked about yeah yeah we've covered all 32 <laughs> of them and given <laughs> our thoughts zach, zach has been documenting in a google doc on uh who all we predicted and everything and uh so we're gonna see like you know who overall does the best you know job with these predictions and we're gonna do like a uh this just kind of like an announcement, I guess, for the rest of the season. But in addition to having our Clutch Crew Sports Fantasy Football League, the four of us are going to be doing weekly predictions on who we think is going to win every game. And so we'll see who gets that right. And we're also going to do a survival league, too. And, you know, where you, if you don't know what that is, that's where each week you pick a team that you think will win as a lock. And if you get it right, you advance. But the catch is you can only pick each team once. So You can't take uh, New England every week. <laughs> yeah, you can't pick the Patriots or, uh, like, the Saints. You, know, you can't pick them every week but or the Chiefs. But um, 
so we're going to do that too and you know kind of update y'all on that throughout the season and kind of see who the best uh clutch crew podcaster is at predicting games this season yeah, so that's, that's something that's else that's, exciting. <laughs> that's something else that's exciting to look forward to in addition to the fantasy football yeah uh, we got we got a lot going on here so oh yeah it's it's a completely changing uh you know episodes are going to be completely different than how this one's going to be uh we're running pretty late here so i don't want to you know go with the full in depth but uh, we are going to be trying to put out two episodes a week, so you'll probably see them on Tuesdays and Fridays. Uh, the Friday ones are going to be primarily prediction-based shows for college and uh, NFL games, and then also our fantasy lineups, any DFS that we do. And then Mondays are going to be like reactionary games to so what we saw, and then kind of like our early fantasy picks you know, early people looking ahead and Wa- waiver wire pickups and stuff. Yeah. It's some stuff like that. And then also we are going to be doing a little bit of kind of an NBA preview, but it's going to be a lot more simplified than this NFL preview because also NBA teams are, have a lot smaller teams than these NFL teams do. So yeah, we'll do it. Three positions. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a star league too. So we're only going to be doing a division per week. And they'll be pretty short, pretty brief. Right before the season starts, we'll do like a bigger episode where we have like our playoff predictions and MVPs, awards and stuff like that. Likewise, we are doing that for NFL and college next week. That'll be the next true episode out is going to be, we've all said who we think is going to win the divisions, but you know, the real money comes in the playoffs. So we're going to come up with our, our playoff predictions, our yearly predictions, MVPs, uh, same for hot, for college, the college playoffs and college Heisman winners. So the next episode is going to be more predictions than you've ever seen before. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, you got to remember, there's four of us here, so we've all got our own own opinions on these things. Uh, but but yes, sir. And then the draft, you know, the the draft live stream coming up in a couple days. And really quickly, we will put in some current events. So oh, Connor. Okay. I was thinking yes. we were going to skip this because we've been going for a long time. But, yeah, uh, go ahead, go ahead. So we're, we're probably going to only spend like a minute on each of these. Uh, so DeMarcus Cousins been arrested. Has, well, there's an arrest warrant out for him on a domestic violence charge. Apparently he like, you know, his ex-girlfriend who, you know, he has a seven-year-old son with this woman. He was getting married to another woman. And, you know, I guess his daughter was supposed to be like his ex-girlfriend was going to bring his daughter there or something and something like that. And cousins threatened her. Like he said, he was going to pull it, put a bullet in her head and you know, all this, you know, bad stuff that he was saying to her. So yeah, not good for DeMarcus cousins and not good for the Lakers. Then moving on to the U S open going on right now, just some highlights. Uh, Venus Williams is out already again. I'm not sure what's going on with her, but she's really sucking right now. But all the other big names are still in. Serena Williams, Novak Djokovic, Roger Federer, Nadal all advanced. I think Djokovic in his last round had some sort of shoulder issue, but it was his left shoulder, and he still won in straight sets. So I'm assuming it's not too big of a deal with him. So we'll see how this folds out in the future. And lastly... I guess, do you want to talk about this, Zach? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about this. So Florida State and Boise are scheduled to play uh, 
in they were scheduled to play in Jacksonville at TIAA Bank where the Jags play, and that's now been moved uh, in light of Hurricane Dorian coming through. As you guys can see, there's some football scores up on uh, the top there. I'm liking these scores: fifty-five to nothing, thirty-five to nothing, twenty-eight to nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is uh, these are this is the cakewalk time for teams. I still like, think you could come back and win this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, and so the this is like the first uh, official sporting event that's been changed. I'm sure there's like concerts and entertainment stuff that's been delayed, but. Uh, so, anyways, this uh, this is moving from Jacksonville to Tallahassee. Game's still going to take place. It's just going to be a home game for FSU, but it really was going to be like a home game, anyways, uh, if it was in Jacksonville. But it's going to be on campus, and that's the first news from the hurricane. Uh, hope everybody stays safe. If you're listening from South Florida, really the whole east side of Florida is in potential danger. So I really hope everybody stays safe, and I hope it's not as bad as it as some of the hurricanes have been in past years but definitely you know take uh preparation seriously now's the time to to prep for this uh but anyways one, guys, la- one last quick note yeah. i want to ask why on an article about florida state and boise state they're in a video <laughs> with, with cheerleaders in ucf uniforms <laughs> uh I, they put random videos on these articles that have nothing to do with <laughs> Yeah, that so that's, call looks stupid creepy in the middle. I, mean, I know. Whatever's <laughs> going on there. That is really weird. But, uh, but yeah, so thank you guys for listening. If you listen to the whole thing, really appreciate you guys. Got a lot of inf- information packed into this episode. Future episodes won't be as long, probably 45 minutes to an hour. I'm talking really fast now. But, all right, guys, that's it for today. Talk to you all later. Bye. Peace.